epilepsy is many diseases under one word. Uh, again, seizures are just the top of the iceberg and you have to figure out which is the main problem for the patient. Now, I am excited to introduce to you today epileptologist Alvaro Beltran from Madrid, who speaks of what he believes can help to make a good appointment and relationship between a clinician and patient, how epilepsy is many diseases under one word, sleep, and also tells us about his new podcast. I'm very glad and honored to be here with you. My name is Alvaro Beltran. I work as an epileptologist, so basically I'm an neurologist who uh, is specialized in epilepsy and I work in the um, Ruber International Hospital in Madrid, Spain. And we take care both of children and adults uh, with complex epilepsies. And what led you to specialize in the epilepsies? I mean, like we're really grateful and everything, but what led you down that road? <laughs> First of all, I, I did like epilepsy because uh, it comprises a lot of, of things uh, within medicine. You know, you have, of course, the clinic, then you have neuroimaging, you have the EEG recordings, you have genetics, you have surgery, and all this kind of, all this kind of, um, of branches just gather around uh, the figure of the epileptologist. Uh, it's like uh, the center of the interpretation of, of all these things. And uh, I think um, this gathering is positive for then for, for taking care of the patients and for helping them in the best way. Yes. And uh, of course, most of times is very, very rewarding because uh, you can really do something good for people uh, and you feel good and they feel good. So this is a very positive thing. When you talk about doing something good for people, I yes. guess that's different from person to person. Most people think it's just about seizure control, but it's not solely about that, right? No, of course not. Probably most of the times, uh, above all, when you're starting to do uh, this kind of work, probably you're going to center all your interviews or all your thoughts uh, around the seizures. But seizures in epilepsy is just the top of the iceberg, you know. Uh, you have to get to know uh, as much as you can your patients, their lives, uh, how they live, how they work, how they feel. Um, and in those patients that you are not able to to uh, reduce their seizure frequency or their seizure intensity, at least you can accompany them through through all, all the process. You can give them some advice regarding their lives, uh, just when you know how their lives is. So, um, of course, it's not just about seizures. So let's talk about appointments then, because so, in order to learn all the required information to improve quality of life, you need to kind of get to know your patient. Yes, of course. Fortunately or unfortunately for that, you have to to have some time available for the for the visits, for the interviews. Um, in most most of times, in most of environments, medical environments, you are not going to have um, much time available to do this. You're going to to um, to have just 10, 15 minutes. Um, with this time, uh, you can do the basics. Uh, you can do it as well as you can. But um, I mean, it's not enough because in 10, 15 minutes, 
you cannot get to know really your patients, their families, their real problems most of the times. So that would be the first need that uh, we neurologists uh, should have a little bit more time to the for the interviews, you know. But you say interviews, actually, it's interesting. Um, I mean, we, we say appointments um, over here, but um, in, interviews is interesting because it's kind of like a two-way relationship, isn't it? Both parties are trying to figure each other out. And that's, again, something difficult to do in 10 minutes. You know, these are very, um, very complex and very demanding uh, conditions. Uh, uh, I mean, the epilepsy related ones. So uh, you you have to, to establish kind of an horizontal relationship with the patients, you know, and um, you present them the information you advise, but the decisions, the the future steps are always uh, shared, are always shared between the, the patients and the doctors. So um, time is very important, is very important, yes. What about location? Because I speak to heaps of people who, like you want to get obviously to the best epileptologist possible, but you might live 100 miles away or 200 kilometres or whatever, yeah, whatever, <laughs> kilometres, miles, whatever you use. And um, yes. we often find that the more central you are to a city, the <laughs> The, often the more uh, precise care you might get. Do you find that location is important for your patients? Of course, it is impossible to to uh, to establish a tertiary tertiary care centers everywhere uh, all around the country. But um, at least the first the first visits, the first interviews with patients should be uh, on site. So. The system should facilitate this kind of visits for patients that live far away from the tertiary care center or from from the reference center. But then, then uh, sometimes, or I would say most of the times, um, the the follow up uh, may be may be taken remotely or uh, online, um, and so that. The patients could 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 manage to to have this follow up with the with the same reference center with the same tertiary care center without losing the specialization. You know, um, this is something that is possible and could be done. I know some people like to do remote because it can be convenient, but some people really like to that face to face. It's tough, isn't it? Better face to face, always better face to face. But I understand that some people that live far away, of course. Um, I mean, it is unreal to think that there will be a tertiary care center in at every city, you know. And uh, I insist you the system should facilitate on-site visits for these people, but maybe intermediate visits or interviews should should be online or or um, yes, remotely. Could you give me an example of what makes a good relationship between you and your patient or service user and their carers? Because the carer can be a really critical part of of the whole care system. What I perceive is that, is that um, and I I'm back to the to the point of the time in the interviews. Uh, people really want to be listened. Um, so you have to you have to let people talk and express freely. Uh, for a while, you know, um, please uh, tell me. Uh, I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to 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 hear you, to understand you. Please talk freely and talk for a while. Explain me uh, how is your disease, how you feel, uh, what are your main problems, you know. And uh, when people feel uh, listened, um, it it generates uh, confidence. 
in their relationship. Um, and when people feel that you're listening and, and um, taking care of their problems as, uh, as if they were the only ones, um, that, that I think that would be, that would make the difference for most of the patients. Of course, sometimes not. Uh, we do as best of, as we can, but I think that's a very good point. And then I would say that the point, the point of asking them uh, specifically uh, for their life. I mean, how is your, how is, how is uh, a normal day in your life? So you get up and then, yeah, and then, and then you do what, and and then. What problems do you, you do you face during that day, so that I can figure out uh, how can I help you? Yeah, okay, yes, exactly. So somebody could say, well, say it's somebody who has, for instance, you know, maybe two seizures a month, and they could. So I'm asking, they could perhaps say to you, do you know what? I've got a real problem getting to sleep, or I'm feeling really depressed, or. I've got problem with my bowels. I can't go to the toilet. All things like this can be very much part of an epilepsy. Epilepsy is just um, many diseases under one word, you know. And uh, again, seizures are just the top of the iceberg and you have to figure out which is the main problem for the patient. Because uh, if you have, uh, I mean, one seizure every three months and it's... Um, um, are mild seizures without losing awareness, maybe uh, very short, maybe you can cope with it. But uh, if your epilepsy contributes you to, to a very a very hard depressive mood, for example, maybe that's the main problem. And that's uh, where you have to address uh, most of the time of the visit and of the interview. Because in the end, what you, what you want is to better the quality of life of the patient at all. So maybe you have to, to address seizures for two minutes and then to, to dedicate 20 minutes to the, to the mood, for example, or to the sleep. And that's what the patient is going to be grateful for. And the basis for that is listening to them. And for clinicians listening, or well, for anybody listening who might not be quite convinced, I think it's worth noting that if you think, oh, it's, it's all about seizures, and I know sometimes or a lot of the time that certainly is the priority, but when it might not be considered priority, I think we need to realise that, say, we're looking at sleep. If a patient or person with epilepsy has better quality sleep, a lot of the time they're less likely to have a seizure anyway. So it's benefiting the whole quality of life, as you say. The relationship, for example, um, sleep of sleep with epilepsy is circular. I mean, if you have seizures, you're going to be uh, sleeping worse. And if you sleep worse, you're going to have more seizures most of the times. And then sleep is related to the mood and mood, and mood is related to seizures. <laughs> and, and all uh, of these things know, are related to relationships in your life. And blah, 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 blah. it's like... Yeah, of course. <laughs> so not just... Um, and this is not a matter of drugs, you know, of choosing what drugs is going to be better for you or not. It's going to be a matter of... Um, uh, non-drug uh, education for the patients. I mean, uh, sleep habits, uh, what can you do for improving your sleep? Um, it's going to be a matter of uh, mood uh, because if you are in a bad mood, you are, it's more 
unlikely that you're going to be sleeping better. Um, I mean, it's not just just always about drugs or epilepsy related drugs. Definitely. Um, definitely. And, and just to end on a very positive note, um, I do believe that you may have uh, relatively recently started a podcast. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We'll be doing this once a month. Um, we'll review five five papers, uh, five epilepsy-related papers uh, recently published that month in five minutes. So it's a way of doing your reading, doing your homework, yeah, uh, whilst promoting awareness. <laughs> of course, it's a way it's a way of keep keeping you updated and studying. Uh, at the time, you can make easier for other people, not just uh, doctors, for also patients to, to keep update in a very short time. So I think it's a very good thing. And so what's it called, please? It's called Epilepsy Update. I'll put a link to it on your profile page. Everyone check him out under toryrobinson.com. And um, yeah, I'll put all the links there. Um, and it's just in Spanish at the moment, correct? But hopefully it might be there in English at some point. Yes, at some point it's going to be in English. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Tavaro, for sharing with us what can contribute to a healthy, genuine, productive communication and relationship between a clinician and their patient when it comes to the epilepsies. Oh, and also do make sure that you keep an eye out for his podcast. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>